Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of November 7th. We are in the third installment of a series of four on Jesus stories. But before we go any further, we want to do our new beginning. You might be picking this up in your morning as you start your day. You might be on your lunch break. You might be on a walk. You might be finishing your day with us here. But we want to stop and release and find God. We want each experience. When you come and join us here on the podcast, we want it to feel like you are coming into a rich, wonderful time with God. So let's just take a moment right now to release all things, the day ahead of you, the day behind, people, conversations, just any source of distress or distraction, we release that now. Jesus, we come to find you, to be restored in you, to be renewed in you. And so we take a moment, Lord, just to let it all go and to find you. Just take a moment of release, friends. Just release all things to Jesus. And now, Jesus, we pray that you would restore our union with you, that you would renew the richness of our mutual love for one another, and that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're saying to us today. We need you. We love you. We want to experience you right here this week in and through this podcast and in through our time together. In your name, we pray. So friends, we are in week three of a four-part series on Jesus stories. Alan with me here this week, and the whole purpose of doing this is captured in 1 John chapter 1. I want to read the old apostles' letter. This is, of course, after Jesus has ascended for the time being from them, and he's reflecting back on their experience of Jesus. And what I love, John called himself, I'm the one that Jesus loves. (laughs) He calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. He He knew who he was to Jesus and who Jesus was to him. And obviously, it was both informed by his experience of Jesus, but then it opened up experience with Jesus. So here's what he says. This is from the message translation. From the very first day, we were there taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it, With our own hands, the word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in most sober prose 
that what we witness was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so that you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. And then your joy will double our joy. Mm. Isn't that awesome? I love it. And I love that John's motive isn't to just pass along intellectual facts and information or tell us to get our act together, but that we can experience the joy that they had, share in the joy. And so, yeah, the motive to me really makes us come alive is, I just want to go, thank you, John. Like, I, yes, I'm in. Yes. I want that. Yeah, and I love that, Alan, pointing out, because he does go on to give some really important instruction, like love one another, don't hate each other, don't, you know, really important pieces of guidance and counsel for the followers of Jesus in it. But he's saying, let that come out of your experience of Jesus. Yes. All of the life of character and transformation and, yes, obedience that we want to experience flows out of and because of the relationship. So two observations from this passage. First, that the Christian experience, the Christian life, Christian faith, following Jesus is meant to be deeply experiential, right? Yes. And that experience is opened up for us by the testimony of Scripture. So the two go hand in hand. He says, we experienced it, and so now we're going to write these letters and these gospels to you yes. so that you can too, right? So that's the purpose of telling you know this Jesus Stories podcast series is the Bible is a reliable record of what it looks like to experience God and his kingdom, and I would add, on a regular basis. Mm. It's not meant to be once a decade, right. once a lifetime, right. you know, people reflecting back on, oh, I remember that retreat in 07. Yeah, I really heard from God there. Wonderful, mm-hmm. but that was meant to be the entry in, into a daily right. experience with God. So it's good. The balance of testimony and experience, beginning with scriptural testimony, but then the testimony of the saints down through the ages, right? I mean, when you read, for example, you 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 read the story of Elijah's servant seeing the armies of the Lord and how it utterly transforms his perspective. He goes from massive despair and fear into, come on, right? come on, God, yes. let's go. Let's throw this down. You go, wait a second. I, I would love to see the armies of the Lord. Is that possible? I, Jesus? And so it just begins the curiosity. Mm. It begins to open our hearts with a childlike wonder. Yes. Right? And a right. childlike trust that says, oh, me too. Me too, me too, me too. Well, you told a story, this was a little while back, but I loved how you had friends who were saying they saw parts of the kingdom, right? Yes. And 
and you weren't at that time. Yes. And then what? Well, you, I'm driving yeah. down the road one day and I'm frustrated by it because I'm like, wow, Jesus, I have friends who love you and walk with you and they get pictures from you and visions and they seem to experience more of the kingdom than I do. Mm-hmm. And and then just by the gentleness of the of the presence of God with me in my truck, I just had the realization he, he basically said, you never ask. And I went, wait, what? That's it? And so I began to ask. I began to ask. I want to experience more of your kingdom. I want to see some of the things that you're showing me or saying to me. I want to see it, Lord. Show me. And so I began. I began to experience that. Other people's testimony awakened a desire in me that I could look back in Scripture and go, oh, that's verifiable. That's, yeah, that's very true in Scripture the reliable record of what it is like to experience God, okay? Well, then, Lord, show that to me. Show that to me. So what we want to do this week, we're we're actually coming back to the scriptures. We want to just remind you, our friends and listeners, our allies out there, who you are, what it means to be beloved of God, what your inheritance is in Christ, And so it was years ago in his work with people that Neil Anderson began to develop the Who I Am in Christ lists that have now gone all over the world, and they're in all his books. And and other people and other publishers have done similar things. But we're going to go back to Neil's because what he was discovering was that as he was trying to bring about inner healing, as he was trying to bring about freedom from darkness and, and from the strongholds of the evil one, People needed to know first what's true, what is true about me. And then from that place, you're like, oh, whoa, wait a second. Well, then, okay, Mm -hmm. I think you're going to enjoy this, friends. Alan and I are going to just go back and forth and just tell you for a few moments who you are and what it means to belong to Jesus. I am God's child. I am. Christ's friend. I am united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I am free forever from condemnation. I am free from any condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a personal witness of Christ's. I am God's temple. 
I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, we're actually going to go back through that again and let this sink in, friends. This is you. This is true of your reality with God. I am God's child. And I am Christ's friend. I am united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. And I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. And therefore, I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I am free forever from condemnation. And I am free from any condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of Jesus' life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a personal witness of Christ's. I am God's temple. And I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to take a moment and let that sink in and let something stand out for you right now. What is it, Holy Spirit, that you are wanting to remind me of? Those statements of who we are in Christ and what the implications are, are direct quotes from Scripture, right? We didn't read every passage of that, but that's all scriptural. And we could have read 150 more, Mm -hmm. right? Right. 500 more. Right. But, Alan, as we were reading those, what what stood out to you today? Well, to me, John, yeah, it was orienting with each one, but the one that really stood out to me was there were two. I am Christ's friend because so oftentimes it's easy to see myself as the project of Jesus. <laughs> like, like he's the home, patient. The home renovation. Right. He's yeah. patient. He's steadfast, but man, I've got a lot that needs to be fixed. But but his friend, like the that the, there's he wants to hang out, that he wants to do life together in joy as a friend longs to hang out and be with another person. And so that was the first one. 
And the second one was that really I had to push into, even as I was reading it a little bit, is the one that said, I am God's temple. I just had to go, that's true. And so often I just don't see myself that way. Uh, I go back to like what we were just I'm the renovation. Yes. I, I'm the I'm the shack that's being a fix. I'm the fixer upper. Yes. You know, and and so those were the two. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so powerful. Because if it's true, if you are his friend, then what? Right. Well, you get everything, right? Like right. You get intimacy. You get in on what he's doing. This is John 15. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. Well, and if you're a friend, you expect to be in somebody's life on a daily, regular basis, have experiences with them, know what they're thinking, right. what their favorite you know, food, color, whatever is. And so with Jesus, if if I really believe he's my friend, I shouldn't be surprised to have daily encounters and experiences and hear his voice. Yes. Because that's what a friend would that's do. That's what friends do. Right. Yeah. And gifts and surprises yes. and adventures together and all, all of mm. that. Right? Right. Yeah. I have been in a variety of church settings over the years, speaking, conferences, mentoring, and the heartbreaking, heartbreaking sentence I hear still repeated in so many good places is, I, I just want to be a faithful servant. I just want to be a faithful servant of the Lord's. And there is a beautiful heart behind that statement, like that, how wonderful. But I just want to stop and go, wait, 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 no, that's, that's Old Testament. Like yes. you, you're missing now the transformation of we have been elevated into a new status. We are sons. We are daughters. We are the friends of God. Jesus says so right here, right. John 15. And I love the intimacy because he differentiates. His servants do not have the confidential inner circle conversations that friends do. He says, sure. I call you friends because I'm letting you in on what I'm doing. And I love being let in on what Jesus is doing. Yes. I, it's one of the things I actually ask him quite often is, what are you up to, Lord? And he'll show me something in my own life, or he'll show me something in mission, or he'll show me something in the world or in the heavenly realms. But he's showing you because you ask. Exactly. And because my heart is open now that I know I'm a friend. Yes. Right? And right. it's that, folks. We're, we're trying to go from testimony to experience, the testimony of the scriptures, the, the testimony of the saints in ages past, and the testimony of the friends of God today, right now. So, John, which stood out to you as we were going through those? I think two things this time. The truth, and this is... This is from Ephesians 2.18. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Like just a reminder of, come on in. <laughs> like, come, don't stay far away. 
yes. out of fear or shame or a wrong kind of humility, like a false humility. He says, come, come to me, right? That yeah. one. And, and then, yeah, the huge one is I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. That's Ephesians 2, 6. And not only is that essential when praying against the dark forces of the world, of the evil one, to know that I am firmly rooted in the authority of Christ. I share that. But I go, wait a second, if, I'm, if I am an amphibian and I am currently in reality, not like figuratively, poetically, but in reality, I am also at this moment seated with Christ in the heavenly realm, well, then I want to experience more of the heavenly realm. Yes. And I was cracking up because like I read this passage in Hebrews for years and years and years where he says, you know, you have not come to the mountains smoking with fire and to fear and, you know, judgment. He says, you've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. You have come to the assembly, the joyful assembly of angels. You have come to the saints. I'm going, wait a second. Like if that's, that's, do, that's who we are now. We mm -hmm. are... We are his children, friends, allies in the kingdom. Well, then I want to experience more of that. I want to see more of what's going on. So the idea of beginning from truth and, and coming back to these passages, we'll put this in the show notes of where you can get on uh, Freedom in Christ website and get that. But you could just Google who I am in Christ and, and print out some form of that for yourself. It's really helpful on a regular basis to come back and read through truths like this and even declare them out loud. Like take a silent read through and then second time through, speak it, yes. declare it. This is true of me. This is true of my relationship with God. Because then your heart and your soul, your spirit come, come alive, right? right? And out of the fog. And so what I wanna say is this, the, the testimony, the truth of scripture, and the testimony of the saints opens up experience for us, okay? Also, experience can also help inform our understanding as well. It goes both ways. <laughs> so for example, I had some friends, um, so much of this is because of their background. If we would say, well, I, I wasn't raised in this, or that wasn't what I was taught, or nobody ever led me in this kind of prayer. Yeah, right. It was so, from their experience, from their tradition, they were pretty convinced that God doesn't heal anymore. And then they were present to God's healing, <laughs> physical healing mm. uh, of someone. And they're like, awesome. wait a second. They're like, hang on. We need to go back to the scriptures and have another look here because that experience of it and it was someone dear to them and someone that they had been praying for. And that's kind of the irony, right? Right. We, we pray for healing, and then when it happens, we're utterly shocked. <laughs> um, they had to go back and go, wait mm. a second. Like the experience of the saints and the testimony of the scripture, now we're actually beginning to experience some of that too. And we need to rethink some of the assumptions that we've had. We really do. And... John, one of the, as you were talking earlier, like Jeremiah 33, three is a verse that God keeps bringing to me 
not just as a scripture memory verse, but it's an invitation. And what it says is, ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. And that thought of, it is really a conditional statement. It's an if-then mm. statement. Like, he'll show me remarkable things that I haven't thought about, that I don't know about, solutions to things I don't have answers to. But it's relational. Yes. It's, it's ask me, it's come with me, and then, yeah, I'll show you. And so what we're talking about is the, the grounded in scripture necessity with the now experience it. Don't just read about it yes. as past stories or knowledge or data, but the whole invitation is, and now let's do it together. Yeah. Yeah. First John, so that you can experience it as well. And it's really important, friends, to keep returning to the truth of Scripture and the testimony of the church because we are here at Wild at Heart deeply experiential people. It is common for us to know Jesus well, to know what he's up to, to hear from him on things in our lives, but that actually can't be the bedrock of your faith. That can't be the bedrock of your of your standing with God and His kingdom, because just last week I was I was in a fog. I was knocked sideways by a number of events and things that people had said, and then the enemy jumps all over it. And for a couple of days, I just could not. I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't find God again. I couldn't find my normal experience of the presence of God. And I'm like, oh dang! Like, have I done something wrong? If I, if I committed some kind of sin now that's like taken me out of it, what, what's going on? I couldn't get out of it. And I knew immediately, I'm like, John, you, you, are, you are completely basing your interpretation of reality on your feelings right now, on experience. And you got to come back to what's true. And so in, in my journal every year, not only will I write out like the words from God for that year and things I want to remember, but also somewhere in my journal, I have statements like the ones we read a little bit ago in the podcast here. Come back to who is God? Who am I to him? What is true? And choosing in the midst of the fog, in the midst of the swirl, choosing, no, 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 this is still true. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Paul says we are united to the Lord and one spirit with him. We are one. We are. And so just that got me out of it. Yes. That's good. Because I was grounded in the truth. And so there is this ebb and flow back and forth, right? Between right. the two. Yes. It's both the testimony of scriptures, but it's also the testimony of the saints that help open up new categories and new levels of intimacy for us with God and new experiences of the fullness of his kingdom. So there are testimonies pouring out of the Islamic world in the past 10 years and more and more of men and women coming to faith in Christ out of direct encounters with Jesus. And I, I read a remarkable book 
called A Wind in the House of Islam by David Garrison. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. But this is a really interesting guy. He's a, he's a professor who did three years of research. He traveled all over the world, conducted thousands of interviews. And because of the danger of it and the danger for Muslims coming to Christ, most of these interviews were conducted in clandestine places, hotel rooms, people's identity hidden, that kind of thing. But he, re he wanted to research a phenomenon that was taking place because he's an Islamic studies guy. And he was saying, hey, people, hey, hey, anybody noticing this? Because you need to understand that in the first, I think he says, 13 or 1400 years of Islam, we have no recorded conversion to Christ. Now, they were probably happening, but we don't have a record of it um, or the planting of a church within an Islamic community, a Christian church. He starts hearing all these stories. He's like, this is unprecedented, folks. This is, you got to understand, this is brand new, what's taking place. Something's going on. And so he goes all over the world, three years, conducts these interviews. And the stories are exquisitely beautiful because what's happening for most of these testimonies is that Jesus himself is simply walking into people's lives. Wow. A lot of it is taking place in people's dreams where Christ comes to them in their dreams and says, it's me, believe in me. Or walking into their bedroom in waking hours. Whoa. And, and yeah. it, it just, doesn't that thrill your heart? You're like, yeah, that's Jesus. Right. That's how much he loves people. And this is in a context where a, a, a normal like gospel witness can't reach them. So Christ is just doing it. Mm. He's showing up. And he has the right to show up. Yes. Same, wow. same kind of testimonies are coming actually out of the occult. Uh, and friends of ours who have ministry there to people coming out of the occult are telling us very, very similar stories. You've got people in such deep darkness. And in these cases, in serious demonic bondage. And Christ just walking in or giving them a vision of himself. Yeah. And I love that because yeah. that, that is like. Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus. Right. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so there isn't an exclusion to, well, he did that then, but he doesn't do that now, or that's for that certain group of people, but that's not for me, right? Right. Alan, I don't know that you have heard my testimony story. I don't, I don't know that I've described it on the podcast before, but I was not raised in any religious context at all. I was raised in a, what would be a very typical sort of 1950s American family. Good folks, but utterly agnostic, mm. if not atheist. Okay. And so I had never been to church. I think maybe once, maybe for a funeral once, and I, it was so disorienting. I just didn't know what to do with any of it. No religious education. I actually never had anyone share the gospel with me. So I, I couldn't have told you what the gospel of Jesus Christ meant. But I was very, very spiritually hungry in high school. And I began searching and I looked into a lot of things. I looked into Eastern mysticism. I, I thought for a while, okay, I'm going to follow Lao Tzu. And and 
the Tao Te Ching and, and all that. And then I got into Native American spirituality. And we used to go out in the desert and build teepees, sweat lodges. Um, and we would take hallucinogens, but we were looking for God. We really were. And then I got into reading some New Age literature. And what's fascinating in the New Age literature is that Jesus is an honored figure, but not as the exclusive son of God, not as the incarnate Yahweh, okay. right? Yeah. He, he is like what they call an ascended master. He's, he's one of the great teachers, right, of okay. humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember at the time, so now I'm about 18, almost 19 years old, and I'm reading this book. It's wacky, wacky taffy. But um, they were talking about these other ascended masters, and then I got to the chapter on Jesus. And, and this is similar to like what David Garrison was finding with the Muslims. Immediately, I just went, hang on a second. Jesus is different. This isn't true. I just knew mm -hmm. in my being, nope, he's different. I, nope, he's special. He's not like these other guys. And so I was deep in the drug culture at this time. And it's a very, it's a very dark and devious culture. It's, it's full of dishonesty and manipulation and deception. And I was sitting in my bedroom one night and I was, I was aware that my humanity was becoming dark. Now this would this would later be called the conviction of sin, right? Right. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. know those words. I didn't like, but what I was aware of was, whoa, I am not a good person. I'm not. And out of my mouth came a prayer. I said, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. But I think you do. And so please, please come. And then in, in that experience, I did not see the manifestation of the physical Jesus in my bedroom, but what I experienced was his presence and the revelation of who he is. He's just like, yep, mm. that's right. You, you were right. I'm not like those others. I am unique and I, I am here to save your soul. And I, I did not see him with my physical eyes, but I sensed him very clearly with my spirit of like, holy cow, you are here and you are real. And that's how I came to Christ. It was a full tilt conversion. And like within weeks, I'm totally off of drugs. I'm completely out of those relationships. I mean, it, you know, the spirit of the living God came into my humanity to save me. Wow. I'd never heard that full story before. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. I just love God. I love yes. God. And so we're taking this week's podcast in the in the series on Jesus stories just to remind everyone that as John wrote in his epistle, the witness of the scriptures and the testimony of the saints down through the ages are intended to be a reliable report of what it is like and what is available to us in our relationship with God, in our, in our life in the kingdom of God, because it, it's our relationship with the Father, it's our relationship with Jesus, it's our relationship with the Holy Spirit, but it's also our experience of the fullness of his kingdom. Right. Yeah. I mean, part of our testimony, you just mentioned it's our testimony, 
and by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that's relational. The word of our testimony is, is the experience like you just named in your story with God, not Jesus saved me and I was baptized and then not much has happened the rest of my life. Like the, 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 the invitation is experience the joy in the relationship daily. Yes. That's, that's part of our testimony. Yes. And to deepen in our life with Jesus, to mature, to where as we become more and more mature in him, he is able to entrust us with more and more things, yes. right? He, yes. he entrusts us with greater influence, but he also entrusts us with more experience of him because our hearts are his, because it comes out of love. And and because as he matures our character, he can show us more things and we don't pop, <laughs> right? Or, or go weird <laughs> right. or get on YouTube and start, you know, making yes. statements. Yeah. But oh, friends, oh, friends, we, I guess we end today with a prayer. Jesus, reveal more. Jesus, please reveal more of yourself to me. I need this. Jesus, reveal more of your kingdom to me, more of reality. Jesus, I want more of you. I want to experience you and all that you are doing in the world, all that you are bringing to your people in this hour. I'm hungry, Lord. I'm thirsty. I'm inspired by these stories. Jesus, reveal more of yourself and more of your kingdom to me. In your name, we pray. And then what we'll do is we'll come back next week, friends, in a final episode to go on with some more stories of encounters with Jesus right here in this current moment.